Hey, Sean. Hi, David. Do you know what the worst part of the Christmas season is? Or I, uh, not necessarily the worst part, but one of the most stressful parts. Um, not For finding a... <laughs> eggnog at the grocery store. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, that's pretty bad. But I mean, for a traditionalist. Uh, uh, being bullied into putting up your tree for 500. I w- who gets bullied to put up a tree? Were you bullied? Blink no. twice if you need help. <laughs> we put our, ours up super early, but a lot of people, there's like a pressure. It's like, I don't have my stuff up yet, but I do. So, ha ha ha. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like a wear it like for, I don't know, a pride thing to hold off on putting Christmas stuff up. I think by now it's safe to put Christmas stuff up. But today or, or I, like this week, I had the most stressful time of my Christmas season. We're here for you. What do you need? <laughs> and, and that is finding uh, the perfect Christmas tree. Oh, I thought you were going to finish that with finding <laughs> a parking spot at the Kenora Mall. <laughs> we don't have a mall anymore. They <laughs> tore it down. Uh, no, finding the perfect Christmas tree because I am a traditionalist. I like the real Christmas trees. You know, the smell that you get in the house, the, the I don't know, it, the atmosphere that it brings to the room that just a fake tree can't bring, right? You can't get the same experience with a fake tree, but every year it's getting harder and harder to find trees. Like the, like these tree farms aren't producing as many as they should, right? Or they normally would be. So, uh, I pretty much now it's like, you know how people line up outside stores for black Friday and boxing day. Yeah. Yeah. I got to be the first person in line now to get a Christmas tree. That isn't filled with birds and squirrels? Well, I was hoping for a, a squirrel at least because then I could get a pet. But uh, no, I was there 11 o'clock when they went on sale. And I tell you, I actually almost had to – I almost got in a fight with someone. I picked out the perfect tree, okay? It was there. It I sang moved. to you. It definitely glowed. <laughs> it pretty much did. I put it to the side, and I'm paying the, I'm paying the man, right, for the tree. And this other guy comes up. And he's going along. He's like, oh, look at this one. This is really nice. And I see him, like, go to grab the one that I had. And I'm like, don't you touch that tree. That one's mine. It was going to be a red Christmas, I swear to God. But uh, Put the I cookie down. <laughs> I did it. I got my uh, Christmas tree. We put it up. We're going to decorate it soon, you know, because it, it has to take some time to uh, climatize, right? And the branches, you got to let the branches down a bit. Yeah, you, you got like to let it fly. Yeah. But yeah, the, it, the the worst part of Christmas is over. Do you know what the best part of Christmas is going to be? What's that? There's only six more episodes of the Scene on Screen podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. I should reiterate that we're not going anywhere, and it's more or less. There's only six more episodes of our our, our year in the year in the, in the year. In fact, uh, David and I are celebrating a very special milestone today. Yeah, two hundred episodes recorded of the Scene on Screen podcast, and and for some of our diehard listeners who have been with us since episode one, uh, I have one question for you: What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah, Thank, thanks for <laughs> staying true. here. Thanks for being around. We we appreciate you all. 
Um, I, I've I've been a little nostalgic over the last week. I was listening back to some of our old episodes, and I found a clip, David, that you might really really appreciate. Okay, and I saved it. I've saved <laughs> I've saved a few clips. Okay. All right, you ready? Yeah. Hey, Sean and David, it's your good friend Owen here. I just wanted to say congratulations on the 200 episodes. That is absolutely amazing. Keep on going, guys. He has risen. Who is that? Who's that guy? It is our our (laughs) friend Owen. And uh, he just wanted to say congratulations, man. He was part of this show. It takes every single person who's helped us out, whether it's been in episodes on gaming streams um, the brewery supporting me in my journey with trivia and the podcast we're thankful for you all this is why we're doing it we're we're having a lot of fun yeah. while doing it and we we like tickling your little eardrums with yeah nonsensical banter about board games and video power, games and, and power tools <laughs> yeah we've come a long way like if uh, uh the other week i was going through some of our past episodes just to, and I know I know you were going through it as well, and just it it was really I, the pandemic did a lot to you know it changed our world quite a bit you know with how people view work and the economy and all that stuff. But I think the one good thing that that came out that or that came out of like all the lockdowns and everything like that is that it really gave us time to sit down and figure out uh, you know what works best for our show. It took a while to learn that you shouldn't open every episode with copyrighted material. (laughs) That was just music that we would roll into it because we thought having a soft roll in was a fun idea. And like, by like by all means, it was pretty fun, but it was also like we were literally holding our cell phones up to our microphones and recording music. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was pretty bad. I mean, like, if if you guys really want to go down a trip, uh, go on a trip down memory lane. Like, I mean, all of every single episode is still um, up on uh, Spotify and uh, iTunes and all that stuff. But uh, I mean, like, some of the stuff, even like the the audio quality of of our shows have uh, increased significantly. Like, you know, we've we got some ongoing segments that people really enjoy. Uh, I mean, like lately, we haven't done too many bad things. Uh, but that was always something that was fun, and uh, I think like we've we've really kind of grown, um, you know, together as a community. Um, and you know, we've had some really good times. Had some uh, some great laughs. Or one of my favorite episodes was uh, when we recast Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was looking through it to try and find that episode in particular, um, but I also wanted to point out one really funny thing that I noticed is the evolution of our relationships in our lives. We start, like, we use names. We were calling people our girlfriends. And then it was just like, my other half and she who shall not be named. Well, it's funny. Okay, so I don't know if people, for people who don't necessarily know the story of she who not, who, she, she who shall not be named. She's beefing me right now. So, so yeah. she's kind of a Voldemort. Sean, she's got a, a secret beef with Sean. Well, like, he, know, he knows about it, but he doesn't know what she's mad at him about. <laughs> it could change on a weekly basis. So you're practically married to her. So <laughs> is that what happened at your wedding? <laughs> that's, that's what happened. Um, so 
we would talk about uh, our significant others and all that stuff, and I would I would say her name and all that stuff, and she would listen to it. Um, at the time, I think she was uh, working. Um, she was doing a placement, and so she had like a good hour drive, like commute to and from uh, where she was going. So she'd listen to our shows, you know, like a good supportive uh, partner in life, life partner. Uh, but then she would always get upset when I would mention her name specifically and then things that would happen and whatnot. So then I was like, okay, fine. You don't want me to say your name? So I changed it to she who shall not be named. Uh, it didn't change the stories at all. Uh, it just changed how we were referencing. And uh, it's kind of stuck that way. Yeah, it's it's been kind of fun to see also. like We started this show two weeks before Endgame dropped. So in 2019. And so much has changed since then. And I'd be remiss if I didn't thank even Ty. I know we brought him up a few times on the uh, on episodes, not so much recently, but earlier in our shows. When we were part of 3Gem, we did a show with him and Devin and um, sometimes Alex. Mm-hmm. We, we were doing the show called The Next Episode. And 3GEM did its thing, and a few of us got to go to different events, and we got to spend some time really exploring what the gaming industry looked like. But it didn't really help tickle our passions in film and TV, um, especially David and I, who have backgrounds in that stuff for yeah. school. Did, did we finish careers there? <laughs> Not even no. a little. But it didn't. it didn't help amplify that desire. And we didn't have the opportunity to talk about board games, right? Mm-hmm. So like we wouldn't be anywhere without that show because it's not like we would have turned around three years ago and was like, Hey, why don't we do this? And if you want to be real technical, we started recording the scene on screen podcast in 2019. And I think we only recorded maybe 20, 25 episodes before the pandemic hit. We had a shutdown and then David and I actually like got software and learned how to do things. It yeah, was, it was different. January, February, yeah, we were about because uh, everything shut down like mid March of 2020, and so <laughs> yeah, episode 24, March 30th, titled "Because You've Got the Time." Uh, <laughs> here's here's the uh, the description of that one. On this episode, Sean and David discuss what it's like to be in self isolation. And some of the things they are doing to pass the time. Lucky for them, a mini Nintendo Direct happened, and it's given them something to chat about. So yeah, we were uh, that was right in the thick of it, and and from that, was that a point, good on... guess for episodes because I didn't count. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, we've done two hundred episodes of the Seal Street podcast. Uh, when we we're doing the next episode, we were probably like twenty five, thirty of those episodes. Um, I remember, I remember recording uh, hooked up to my laptop. And the only microphone I had was this like gaming headset, uh, so that's what I was using. And I think I think all of us were using some sort of headset with a built-in mic, so like our audio quality wasn't the greatest and whatnot. But I used my Xbox Golds for a while. Yeah, I remember this was uh, like my Yeti I've had since just before we started recording in 2019. This was a gift to me when myself. Uh, when we were really into Rainbow Six and we were getting into the idea of streaming and I would stream and I would grind and we had like our little streaming website thing. And 
I just, I was not successful at streaming. <laughs> so yeah. I had this microphone and then you and I started talking about it and we were like, what if we did our own thing and just like really focused on our passions? First, like 15 episodes, rough as hell. <laughs> they were rough and we just kept going and going and we kept trying and we wanted to do it. And then like we get feedback from somebody that we either knew or somebody random and they'd be like, that was a fun episode. That's really cool. Why don't you guys keep doing that? Mm-hmm. Why don't you do this? And then we've we've embraced a few different things like Owen. We have Alex now for for some board game stuffs. Yeah, that uh, we're working on. Yep. We we've we've done a lot. Um, we we introduced cash or crap. We really put that Farbsy guy on the map, and by that he was already on the map. And he's a good friend of mine. Um, but he joined us for a bunch of episodes. I, by popular demand, he will probably come back either at the end of the year or in the new year. Yeah, we are working on it. We're working on something. Um. I'm just, dude, it's been so fun. It's been so great doing this. And like, even through the pandemic and you moving away, it's really helped us like stay connected, even though like we do chat every day. It's like, it's something that really keeps us connected, which is great. For sure. And so it's funny because when we had, when we had my, uh, my bachelor party in July or June, when was it? June? Sometime where we all got mold colds because there was a hot tub in the living room area or in the the built-in sunroom off the deck with a barbecue that was so dangerous that we should have never cooked on it. So it was funny because um, at that time, uh, you know, Alex was there and then one of uh, my other friends uh, was there with us and we, you know, we really talked about the, the podcast and, and he started listening to it. Um, and it's funny because we, when when we came back from that bachelor weekend, we talked about the games that we played and everything like that. And, and he had listened to a few episodes. He's like, "Hey guys, I'm hurt. You didn't even say my name." <laughs> Out of respect, right? Because like that's normal for us. It's like we don't really necessarily mention names unless we respect. But uh, I want to say a huge thanks uh, to like the the late but continuous support from uh, my my friend Mike. Um, and it's funny because when we, if you look at the, I, I could see like the downloads for our episodes and, uh, I know which episodes he's listened to because in August from all of our, <laughs> all of our past episodes from like episode one, there's one download in August. <laughs> so there's <laughs> on one extra download. That's yeah. funny. So, so shout out to Mike for, uh, for, you know, listening to our, our show and actually giving us some good feedback. And, and it's funny because we talked about stuff that, uh, and we'd mentioned things and then he'd be like, Oh yeah, I totally remember you guys talking about this on, on that show or that one episode, or it's like, Oh, now I get that reference. Right. So it's cool. Like uh, I find that we get, we get new listeners all the time. And, and, you know, I, I talk to my friends and I get some, uh, you know, some of my not necessarily coworkers, but people within the company that I work, work for, you know, I've been at like some conferences and, and I've mentioned that, uh, you know, I, we do a podcast and like, oh, what is it? Like, what do you guys talk about? And I tell them. And then next thing I know, I get like a message from them like three or four weeks later. I'd be like, David, have you had any more eggnog? <laughs> <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> or like was one of uh, one of uh, one of these people sent me a message uh, and they're like, yeah, I was listening to the episode while I was doing some work um, in the office and someone came in and they're like, whoever you're listening to, they've been talking about eggnog for like the last 10 minutes. <laughs> and they're like, Oh my God, that's so funny. So, I mean, like obviously without our, li- our listeners um, from far and wide, 
we wouldn't be doing this if, if it wasn't for you guys. So uh, thank you for all the support um, from our partners, from our friends, family, all that stuff. Um, it's it's been a huge. Uh, we've we've learned so much. It's been a ton of fun, and uh, we got another two hundred episodes <laughs> coming up. So, uh, <laughs> as you could probably tell, I didn't get clips from our old shows, but I did have some of our old friends reach out and uh, record some things. So I'm going to send you two more here. None of these people communicated, which is really really funny because the jokes are the same. Sean and David, Adam Glass here, writer and director of Y2 Cameron. Big, huge congratulations on reaching 200 episodes. What a milestone. You are now only 51 more episodes away from tying MASH for total episodes. Congrats again, guys. So so uh, David actually wasn't on the episode that Adam was on, but like we've appeared on each other's shows a few times. Adam uh, came on to talk about a show. We did a little bit of uh, back and forth with some Marvel comic stuff. It was a lot of fun. And then I have one more for you if you're ready. All right. 200 episodes. One more and you'll match The Office for episode count. Seriously, though, congratulations from your buddy, Alex. And uh, keep up the great work. The co-hosts that yeah you want around <laughs> are always here. And like I was touched that Owen did that for us as well. That was so fun. Um, he really misses us. He actually was going to tell you offline, but whatever. He is going to be our fourth for when we record a play of Gloomhaven online. So it's going to be old co-host versus new co-host in uh, the most <laughs> epic battle ever. I mean, Gloomhaven's not uh, necessarily a... Uh... Uh, competitive game, but we'll see who dies first. Like, obviously, who who uh, has to... I forget what it's called. When you well, pretty much run out of moves, you David have to, wants you, you die, so. Owen to sacrifice himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's great, you know, and, and um, it's awesome that we have the support and all that stuff, and I, I'm excited to see kind of where we're going to go in the, in the future. Yeah, thank you, everyone. No. Thank you. Now, I guess this is the time where we were, we usually catch up. And uh, honestly, dude, like, I know this is becoming a theme with me and it's a bad theme, but like, I've had no time to do anything. Work is bonkers. You haven't done anything. Uh, (laughs) I've played Call of Duty Zombies, which I'm hoping you get it this weekend so we can play. But I've also, um, we watched the first two Home Alones and built out some of the Home Alone house that we talked about last week. I will tell you, this is probably one of the most complex, not complex builds I've ever done. There's a lot of very intricate parts. And like, I'm telling you, the base plate for the house took almost an entire movie. Getting like the little, so I think you start off with the, like the okay car uh, with Marv and Harry, and then you build the base. We've only got the first floor of the house done. And uh, we found it weird. We were like, oh, wonder if it references both movies. And there's like turtle doves on the tree. So it does. But the, the vehicle came with an extra little handle for the, the mirror. And it's also like Lego multi-uses pieces. And it's clearly mm-hmm. also a handgun. So I, every chance I get, I like put a gun in Harry's like hand. Although it's not covered in goo, I guess I could color it. But I'm just like, yeah, he has a gun. It's fine. He has a gun. He, he, he's got a gun. He's got a gun. But there's some really cool intricacies to the house. There's a, a little push button on the back where you can send Kevin down the stairs on a, a toboggan. It doesn't really line up properly. 
because the front door doesn't come off, but it's still pretty fun. Every once in a while, he shoots all the way through the door. The details are great. We've built out most of the party scenes, so that's fun. So do you build it? Does it is it built room by room, and then you put the rooms so, sort of, yeah. Base. Like um, the the way this one was kind of designed was like um, you started off with the living room. Um, after you've got the base, you get like the first section of wall done and the first part of the stairs. Then you've got the living room with the Michael Jordan cutout. You have the Christmas tree, the fireplace. The fireplace was even a little complex build. Like they're not, they're not like the box is eighteen plus. There's a reason. There's a lot of little pieces. But, yeah, and, like a, and you, we don't want uh, anyone under the age of 18 to put those little pieces in their mouths. Yeah, those 17-year-olds. <laughs> Always putting stuff in their mouths. <laughs> they shouldn't be. <laughs> the um, Like, even the walls swing out. So, like, there's detail on the inside of the wall, including, like, wreaths, pictures. Um, we're excited. We're going to do probably another two Christmas movies to build the upstairs. And then there's still the treehouse. There's the backyard area. There's a whole bunch of stuff to build. We we think like it's gonna take a while, but we don't know if we're gonna watch the rest of the Home Alones for it. You're not gonna watch Home Alone three, three through six. Three, yes. Six maybe, but four and five are just so not great. They're Actually, they're different there stories, six? right? Like there's one where the McCall- uh, the McAllisters get divorced, and there's another oh, one. Yeah. Home Sweet Home Alone. Yeah. That's Home Alone 6. It has a uh, 15%. <laughs> 3.6 home... out of 10 on IMDb. It's got a 12%. Uh, Is that the one that was audience. the Netflix special or the... the um... uh, Disney Plus. The yeah, Disney yeah. Plus special. Yeah. Or So we, we did that. I haven't really played anything. I have had no time. You know I'm... what? We haven't watched uh, any... You've watched more Christmas movies than we have. Yeah, we're at like six or seven. I haven't watched any. We've been watching the the Santa Claus, the Santa Clauses, mm-hmm. uh, the Disney Plus TV show. So season two's out. Did you watch the first season? Uh, we did. I think, yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. We're just we're waiting for a few more episodes to load in, so it could be like a bingey night. Yeah. So you know, it's so far uh, it's pretty good. It's uh, not as. <laughs> I would say not as corny as the the first season, um, but it it has some it has some interesting storylines to it. Um, like there's actually a, a legitimate villain in this one. I would say like kind of like in compare like uh, so like Jack like, Frost like a, a movie yeah 3? like Jack Frost or even like the second one with like the robot uh, or the clone Santa Claus right. So it's I, I get this feeling that it's more closely tied to the movies rather than the first season, which was just like, oh, this guy used like, I don't know, he made like Amazon or something like that. Okay. The Amazon equivalent, right? Oh, yeah, right? because it was right? Cal then, Penn, right? Yeah. So it's, it's pretty good. And now, obviously, it's still made for children, but uh, they've really started to, to uh, double down on some of the jokes. You know, the, like the the elf that is in charge of the security yeah. force there. He's uh, got a bigger role. <laughs> and it's honestly so funny. It's, it's, it's actually quite enjoyable. Um, but we haven't actually watched any Christmas movies. I think we're, we're waiting to decorate the Christmas tree. And then that's what we're going to be having like a Christmas movies on. And that's when things are going to start. Nice. We, us, uh, yeah. usually we follow the tradition of like after remembrance day, we'll fire a movie in. 
but we always watch just friends um on november 1st this year we've just kind of like done our own thing we haven't really cared so it's been it's been a lot of fun it's just been different um we're actually kind of bummed and this happens every like for the last few years our balcony doesn't have a power outlet so we can't get like lights for the balcony our old apartment we did have the ability to run like a cable through the window we just don't have that opportunity now i guess you could always get like uh like the solar powered battery lights or the ones that just have like a battery pack on them i mean then you have to go out there and flip a little tiny switch but yeah it's a pain in the butt okay so i'm guessing we have some news do we yeah do you want to hit it well apparently uh dave feloni fellini <laughs> good old dave fellini. fellini dave fellini Collini. Uh, he has now become the chief creative officer of Lucasfilm. Uh, so apparently Kathleen Kennedy is still in charge. But uh, what this means is that uh, Dave Fellini will have more oversight in the creative control of these uh, these things. Um, so it's... Uh, this is, I think, is a good thing for uh, Star Wars, um, because as we can, uh, like, as we know, like in the past, like, there's been a lot of uh, um, changes to the Star Wars stories and all that stuff. Because I mean, like, they've been trying to really push. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to offend anyone, but like, there's been a lot of like, I remember when the what is it? The Force Awakens came out, um, and there is this picture online with Kathleen Kennedy and all this stuff saying the Force is female, and they're really trying to push like a female centric lead and and all this stuff. Um, and I think that kind of uh, you know rubbed a lot of the fans the wrong way because it's it's trying to create this. The, the, a lot of people felt like Disney was trying to create this uh, genderfied version of Star Wars and the Force and stuff like that, which really uh, as we know like okay typically in the in the movies that first came out it was you know typically male jedi but we know that there was female jedi and all that stuff and and so a lot of the stories kind of like really focused on female main characters and whatnot um or in terms of like rogue one um the story changed a lot in post-production um there's a lot of production issues with obi-wan kenobi um, with Boba Fett, uh, Mandalorian, as uh, season two was going on and into season three, there was a lot of problems. Um, the sequel trilogies really kind of fell apart. Um, part of the problem with that was being that uh, they didn't have a coherent story. They got uh, two different directors. One of them tried to, uh, well, they both had to retcon or tried to retcon what the previous director did. So it nothing really worked. Um, the content that Dave Fellini had put out, well, like, I mean, he was the brainchild or the, the mastermind behind say like, uh, a lot of the clone wars TV series, um, and, uh, rebels and even some of the, like the better episodes of Ahsoka, um, and I think Andor and stuff like that. So he's also kind of like the heir to the empire 
so to speak. He's being selected by George Lucas himself as kind of like the the person to take on the torch of Star Wars. He lives and breathes this stuff, right? But uh, I, I was reading an article, and apparently he was being consulted on a lot of uh, Star Wars content, but the issue was he was being brought on to uh, shows and, and whatnot after they've already started production, after they've already, uh, or, or if they're like in post-production. Well, in his current role now, he is going to be uh, able to give his input at the inception or conception of these Star Wars shows and stuff like that. So um, I think this is a good thing because before we were trying, it, a lot of people felt like there was a, like an, an agenda to change Star Wars, bring it towards more of like a children's kind of thing. And, and, and there was a lot of changes that, uh, I mean, like don't get me wrong. Kathleen Kennedy has done a lot of good things in the past, like in productions and stuff like that, you know, a big thing uh, like Jurassic park and all that and whatnot. But I think for Star Wars, I, I don't know if there, she had like an agenda that she was trying to push with that. Um, but there's a lot of hate for her. And um, I know like a lot of, a lot of times when she has uh, put her fingers in, in the, the the pot of star wars and stuff like that you know things kind of changed and uh there was a lot of negative response to it so i think this is like i mean obviously we'll have to see kind of how things go but like with with a lot of stuff coming out like we have the acolyte which is supposed to be uh, a series or something like that based off of like more of like a dark side jedi oh he said it he said it again <laughs> Sorry, I, I just I marveled at the fact that you did your research. So I just sat back and kind of just chilled out, and that was great. But uh, well, I mean, like this is pretty big news, and and kind of like with what was been going on with Disney and Marvel, right? There's a lot of stuff that has been kind of a miss, right? Like a lot of the shows hasn't really been falling, uh, or a lot of the shows haven't been really kind of getting the the positive response that they would expect um even the movies right yeah. like ant-man was pretty good but uh they then there was all this the issues with uh what's his face jonathan uh, majors jonathan majors right so then okay then loki came out and you haven't finished loki right so i'm not gonna ruin it i'm not gonna Two say anything left. okay um so i feel like the story with loki had to change dramatically because they i don't think they like Disney's pretty, pretty good at getting or canning people that have alle- allegations against them, <laughs> you know, especially sexual assault stuff and and whatnot, right? Yeah. So there, there hasn't been, and even with the Marvels, like that hasn't been super well received in general. Like it, that was almost a, that was two hundred. The budget for that one is two hundred and seventy million dollars or two hundred seventy five million dollars. And like it I, bombed. It and it continues to bomb, right? So, um. I think D- Disney has been in the same uh, downward spiral with Star Wars since its purchase, right? They've had a few hits, but mostly misses. And I think bringing uh, Dave Fellini into a, uh, I guess, a senior role in the creative aspect of Star Wars um, is Disney's attempt to make sure that whatever they do moving forward is going to have... Uh, the proper guidance behind it. 
I mean, the only other thing that they could do is bring George Lucas um, back in as a consultant of sorts. Um, but I don't know. It's uh, It'll be interesting to see. Um, obviously, we don't know what he's really working on. I know that he's working on a trilogy movie you, or a single movie himself. Do you think, though, this is going to be more like... like I've Listening to you talk, listening to kind of a few things I've seen on the comic.com... I'm wondering if it's like a babysitting role. Like, uh, Kathleen, don't do that because I've done all this. I'm also surprised that it was not Favreau. Right? Well, he's, like they, he's more of the Marvel side of things, though. No, but he's been a big part of really pushing a lot of these like um, Star Wars projects to life, right? Like, he single-handedly saved... Boba Fett. The book of Boba Fett sucked. That didn't have a Fellini vibe. That had a, a Filoni vibe. It had more of a I'm John Favreau vibe. Here's what I also think is going to happen. I think you're going to see the exact same thing happen on the Marvel side with Favreau. I think you're going to see him get a higher title to retain him and his services. But also, they're going to be like, John? Kevin wants this, that, and the other thing. And I thought, and like a lot of people don't agree with me or more, more or less a lot of the fan base hated She-Hulk. But what She-Hulk did with the whole K-E-V-I-N actually kind of helped soft reset the, the, the MCU by like making Kevin the, that all encompassing, like I create and I make all the changes. I make this call, that call. Remember the video camera? Yeah, that was like yeah. controlling the MCU. I'm curious because Loki, I'm almost done, but I've loved Loki. I liked Loki season one. Loki season one was phenomenal. Uh, season two was even like was very enjoyable. Like it had the perfect amount of like twists and turns, you know, cliffhanger endings, that, which is like, oh, no, I want to see so, more, so much more and I have to wait till next week. And it was it was good. And, you know, at the ending I think you'll be satisfied with how season two ends because I think that they've done so far a really good job at setting up the next phase of hopefully uh, some good movies. Yeah. And like that, that's what I was going to say. So like there is maybe a handful like to each his own. Everybody's going to like a different character character. My other half loved She-Hulk. She said every episode was funny. It was great. It was refreshing to see a female lead in a show. When we watched Ms. Marvel, neither of us really liked it. It was it felt very childish. I liked the editing, and that was pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, meh. It was a it was a transition piece because we were moving we were moving on to um, the new Captain America. Cool. Um, which ended up turning out to be Falcon or Captain America, Fal- or how do they name it at the very end? It was Captain America and the Winter Soldier. No, it was Falcon and the Winter Soldier and turned into Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Thank you, yeah, Sean. Yeah. Um, WandaVision was great, but the pandemic screwed up how that movie could have been or that show could have been and how it was supposed to directly interact with um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. And Hawkeye was a Christmas special, which was fine. And what Moon Knight was its own thing. You're not really going to see anything there. I would rather see a Deadpool series. Like at this point, I'm just or Spider-Man series. I don't know. I'm just 
kind the, of all the over pr- it. The problem is that I think um, when they transition like movies to a TV show, yes, we get more content overall. And I know that we've had this conversation uh, a while ago, but it, even if it's like an eight ep- episode series, right? And let's just say, obviously, they're not hour long episodes, but let's just say it's eight hours, right, of content. Well, they're trying to, to then stretch out a story over eight episodes. So then you're going to have or over eight hours. So you're going to have a lot more kind of lulls in the story. And uh, what what we find is that things kind of pick up very quickly and then they kind of slow down a little bit, expand the story a little bit. But then it's like, oh, shit. We have two episodes left to resolve this, this whole stuff, problem, yeah. right? And then it just ends very quickly. Now, in a movie, we know that there's that set amount of time, that hour and a half or that two and a half hours, right? But the thing is, is a lot of these these movies, so that there's a set formula, right? So there's that expectation that things are going to move fairly quickly, in the story, unless it's like, you know, Endgame uh, and Avengers, where it's like a two part ser- like movie yeah. series and they're like almost three hours long. Right. But typically in uh, a movie, we know and we expect things to move at a certain pace and the story to resolve or it's going to be uh, part one of two series. And we know it's going to like we know what to expect what's happening a lot with these with these TV shows is that things end so quickly that it's like, Oh, that's, that's it. Right. Like, and, and uh, like you had said, like with WandaVision, you know, that the pandemic kind of, um, totally ruined, derailed the ti- it, yeah. ruined the timing for that because it, uh, what was it? Uh, Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness, you know, that was supposed to release right after or something like that, or right before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that was delayed. So like all of that kind of was a, just a big mess. And, uh, I don't know, like, I'm hoping that we, Disney realizes like they need to get away from like the TV series and go back to more traditional films. Like the cool things though, is like the anthology type series. So like, what if, Right, yeah. like that first one was interesting. Season two of that is uh, releasing end of December, nine episodes, and it's daily, right? So it's every a new episode every day for nine days. Star Wars needs something like what if it one hundred percent does. Well, Star Wars kind of does. They had Star Wars Visions, but which you haven't watched. But that's not what if Anakin stayed good. I know. No, I get it. They need that something like that to explore, but I don't know if that would work necessarily with Star Wars in the sense because um why? I feel like people like a lot of Star Wars fans, they're very particular about changes to the lore and the fandom and stuff like that. But so counter- I I got to stop you, man. I got to because those same people are likely Marvel fans and when what if came out at the beginning you remember the reaction from people like what if Ultron won? What if, um, what was it? T'Challa killed Iron Man or yeah. And it was, it wasn't even T'Challa T'Challa. It was, um, it was Killmonger killed Iron Man. And people were like, Oh my God, this isn't my story. I have an, um, infinity Ultron in my PC 
That is literally one of the coolest things I took out of What If. It's like, it's great. But like with Star Wars, the problem with Star Wars, and I think Filoni knows it, or Fellini or Filoni knows it. You can only get, like the milk is almost dry on this, like on the Skywalker saga. We're almost at powdered milk. Like, and like we keep (laughs) figuring out ways to bring Luke Skywalker back into things like the Mandalorian. Also makes no sense. Yeah. Why can't we, like, it's not even a reset. It's a soft reset. It's more of a, an exploration. Like, what if, what if Obi-Wan and Padme got it on? When she was an adult, guys. <laughs> chill. She had a uh, child. But oh what if God. it was Obi-Wan? <laughs> Why do you have to go like that? Like, what if, what, no, like, what if, no, but, Mace, what if? but what if Mace Windu actually, like, realistically, what if Mace Windu actually you know, killed didn't fly uh, out the window. Pal- Palpatine, right? <laughs> what if uh what if uh Anakin actually did save his mother? You know, like things like what that. If but Anakin here's the stayed good. Mm-hmm. Like that's cool. And and there's lots of stories that would explore that stuff, right? Um I think but with Star Wars though, one of the, the cool things about Star Wars is is that it's this massive universe that really people can build anything. I'm not saying that they can't do the same thing with Marvel, but I feel like Marvel like that stuff is still kind of tied to uh, and well, now that they have like the multiverses and all that stuff, different timelines but like, typically like superhero stuff is tied to like Earth, right? Whereas Star Wars is tied to a galaxy. galaxy and you know, there's thousands of planets and different worlds and stuff like that where they can explore stuff so with star wars visions i feel like it's a similar thing to what if but it's in in a different kind of style in the sense that these are stories that take place in the star wars universe and they're they're kind of cool ideas of things that are not necessarily tied to the Empire, the, the Skywalker saga, um, or like the traditional things that we know of Star Wars. So in a sense, it's a little bit the, the same as like the What If series for Marvel, but a different take on it. But, oh man, I don't know. Because like no matter how much you try and come up with a new idea for Star Wars, Star Wars fans gatekeep to the point where like Rey is the least well-received um, character for older age Star Wars fans. Yes. New age Star Wars fans? Beloved. It's crazy. If you were born in like the mid to late 90s, actually maybe even the early 90s, Ray is received well. Right? There, There's mm. a, there's an age difference. There, if, there you were is... born, if you were born in the, like, the early 90s, you're still growing up on the prequel Star Wars. Okay, but right? that's so that's fair. I would say like I would say like early two thousands would be uh, more of a sure, but well like, receiving. My other half was born Rey. in the nineties at the beginning of the nineties, and um, she loves Ray. The, this, the, is the, new, this, this is new to me. I'm I'm gonna have to re <laughs> reevaluate my our friendship. Yeah, our friendship. Um, um, I and I th- but here's the thing: is like my my significant other absolutely despises ray and uh not necessarily not because of who she is as a character but like and who and this she's is what, living with and is influenced <laughs> by um yeah <laughs> no but it's um like my dislike for i i 
I, I don't dislike the character for who the character is. I dislike what they did with the character. I'm not against, you know, a strong female lead and all that stuff because like, there's plenty of them. Princess Leia is a prime example of a strong female lead. And then name right? the next one. Uh, uh, in Star Wars? Pa- what is it? Padme. It's, yeah, that's Padme. it. There's two. Padme. Yeah, two. well, there's uh, two over three trilogies. Well, the two, you know, two. The, no, there's, there's two a, in the movies, sure, but like then there's Ahsoka, there's uh, uh, what's her face? Ahsoka, from, uh, Ahsoka is been until recently the most gate kept character ever. Literally, just like we're, wait, we're hiding. Why do you her. say that? Okay, so like, unless you watch Clone Wars, which now I'm well into Clone Wars. When were we ever going to learn about Ahsoka unless we read the books or watched Clone Wars? It's the same as Miles Morales. And then Miles Morales just kind of popped out of nowhere. Everybody was talking about him into the Spider-Verse. And then the Spider-Man games had Miles Morales. And it's Miles, 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 Miles. Now it's Ahsoka, 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 Ahsoka. Well, wow, it's almost like the same company. Hive minds (laughs) it and does it the same way. I know, right? But what I'm... (laughs) What I'm saying though is like I think a lot of the the dislike for the for Ray from the long term Star Wars fans is that we have this character who out of nowhere and this is we've talked about this so many times out of nowhere is like very skilled in the Force whereas like we watched Luke have to learn how to just handle a lightsaber the Spider Man argument the very visit, right this is the Spider Man argument it's nobody wanted to watch a third origin story for the same type of character nobody wanted to watch well we all wanted to watch luke do it and then we thought it was pretty cool when anakin learned how to kill all those kids but then as soon as ray came up instead of them doing like the whole oh you know what we're gonna have to watch her learn they were just like express they expressed it spider-man one toby mcguire fell off the wall did all these things spider-man two andrew garfield same shit. Spider-Man 3, they introduced Spider-Man very quickly in Civil War. Had him get into one fight. They never explained how he learned how to use his powers or anything. And it was brilliant. And a lot mm-hmm. of people love Tom Holland over the other two because they didn't have to go through that stuff. Some also think they're he's more relatable or adorable or more their Spider-Man. Tons of different stuff. But Ray and Spider-Man, same thing. We didn't have to get an explanation on how she learned. She figured out she was force sensitive and she started training. That's it. Spider-Man figured out he was a spider man and started training. That's it. Well, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm not like a huge Ray advocate re- for Ray, but like, you know what I mean? Like Ray didn't really start training. She closed her eyes and tried to use force <laughs> mind control with like no real, like no real knowledge of it. Right. Like, so it, the, there was more problems to, and if yes, she was, already like if it was established that she was uh, a force user in hiding of some sort then yeah they wouldn't have to go through all that stuff but i think with star wars and the the force awakens and that one they marketed it as like we thought that uh what's his name um finn was going to be like a stormtrooper 
turned Jedi, right? Yeah. Like they really focused on that in a lot of the trailers and everything like that. And that was a character that they just kind of like threw to the side and, and did nothing with. Um, he just ended up being kind of like a lackey that was like following Ray around and, and, and doing random shit that didn't really acknowledge anything. So I don't know, like we could go on for this forever and, and whatnot, but I think, um, I think there's been a lot of fumbles along the way with Star Wars from from the moment that Disney purchased that uh, Lucasfilm or LucasArts, right? Um, and not even with with movies, with with their decisions in video games, like giving EA uh, 100% rights to all Star Wars video games. That was before uh, Disney had control, though, so I wouldn't blame them too much for that one. Uh, that was actually that was part of a Disney. That was after Disney had purchased them. I'm, oh, really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I thought it was just before. I no. could be wrong. Um, so, you know, and that's kind of expanded. So now we're getting content from like Ubisoft and Respawn and and a whole bunch of like other companies, right? So like it, it's good to get more input from stuff, but at the same time, when you open it up to too much input from other people, it's very easy for the uh, I guess the quality will get out of control, right? Like you, you start losing quality when you have too many people, too many cooks in the kitchen, right? So I think back to kind of like where this topic originally originated from, you know, having Dave Fellini as the uh, chief creative officer for Lucasfilm, I think what I, I'm hoping that we're going to get more consistency with the stories, with the movies and stuff like that. And ultimately, um, I don't know if you've if you know of this or anything, but there's this whole book series that has been coming out, and it's uh, Star Wars: The New Republic, or no, sorry, The Old Republic, something like that. Yeah, saw them at Chapped uh, Indigo the other day. Oh no, sorry, The High Republic, Star Wars: High Republic, and it's like a story that takes place like two thousand years or something like that, a thousand years before the Skywalker saga. So there's this whole. Um, this 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 whole galaxy that they're exploring that takes place uh you know where it is physically impossible for you know the skywalkers to be part of right um there's a ton of but books find a a ton of con- oh. <laughs> well i mean one of the books freaking yoda's in it and it's like come on like get away from some of that stuff but i mean we'll see we'll see where things go who knows well, you know what? That's fair. Uh, just in closing on that topic, because I just want to be a little bit of a pill. The last good original idea Star Wars had was Mandalorian, and that's even a stretch. I agree. I agree. Season uh, one and two, great. Minus like a few the hiccups. The Book of Boba but... Fett. Blech. You really like Dandor. I just thought it was so dry and boring. Well, I don't know. I like I like uh, slow burns like that. Slow burns. So. God, that's like watching Iron Fist. And that was bad, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what you can uh, use to stop a burn, though? What's Something that? on fire. Water. Ah, <laughs> move over, walkabout minigolf. Sean and David have a new VR game that they're playing. And it well, is... We haven't played it yet, but we bought it. <laughs> we did buy it. We bought the newly released and highly anticipated... Um, anxiety driven power wash simulator game. The, so, like, we did play it on Xbox when it came out, 
but now there's a VR version where you get to clean cars and houses and parks with your friends. <laughs> I mean, like, it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous that there's all these, like, simulation games for, like, home renovations and cleaning and, and you know, power wash. I mean, using a power washer in or a pressure washer in real life is super fun. satisfying. Yeah. It's super satisfying, right? Um, but yeah, well, Sean sent me a, uh, I guess it wasn't like a referral, but it, it was, was like a, a discount, discount code. Yeah. A discount thing. So got it. And then I, I redeemed it, but I didn't buy the game and then I waited out and then I got like a $10 credit randomly for, uh, for it. So the game was like under 20 bucks and it had just released like beginning of November in VR. So, um, I don't know. I, we haven't played it yet. I just uh, downloaded it the other the other week, but that's I think on we're tap for this weekend. That's uh, yeah. We're definitely uh, sorry. We're not going to be putting some balls. We're going to be spraying some. And they have a new map coming out too this week or next week, so it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I want to tell you about something I did this week, though. Before we get into our final topic, so uh, myself and my other half, we're starting to declutter and downsize some of our stuff. Um, we want to like make our office a little bit more habitable and we just want to make it a little bit more like we have more space. So we saw a video on TikTok um, that it was somebody who bought these like clear plastic sleeves that were big enough to hold two DVDs. And then you can slide like the front of the DVD case inside it. So it like wraps around your, your discs mm-hmm. and the little disc insert slides out. We didn't realize this, but we had close to 380 physical dvds that were either one disc or two we have like some box sets and stuff that we're obviously not going to take apart Mm -hmm. Uh, and we have tv series that we won't touch but we've converted now 200 dvds into one one ikea box like you know those little one by one cubes Yeah, yeah every single one of our movies is in one box and it's a fraction of the weight i took down 200 cases the other day i was like that weighed a lot and like these were just sitting in our apartment collecting mm-hmm. dust doing nothing the other surprising thing is we've been together for now a while forever and we only had like 20 doubles i had like two movies that were brand new then they were the same movie <laughs> you just you don't know what you have but like, like hold on brand new still have the shrink wrap on yeah still have the shrink wrap on wow. i'm actually thinking about giving one away i have a brand new copy of office space just to give away we might give it nice. away to a lucky listener because it's funny um but i i did like it really begged the question to me of like is having all this physical media just a a waste of space and be dead like we had no internet the other day so having a dvd was great but also mm-hmm. having the ability to like play a game on disc was great if it was already downloaded to my console yeah i mean like i i think that they physical media has its place uh, we know that i think best buy is going to stop selling physical media in store and i think walmart has announced that they're going to stop selling physical media yeah. for certain things in store eventually um i know best buy for sure is so obviously like retailers are starting to cut cut that out um it's probably not a typical or, or fairly regular mover for those stores um but I mean, I'm the kind of person I would prefer to buy a physical copy of a game primarily so that, you know, I can still play it if my internet goes down um, or if, uh, 
if I get a new system or whatever, I can just pop it in there and it cuts down. A, well, you'd hope the download times for for the games and stuff like that. And it's not tied to a subscription, right? I have. Yeah. Um, for movies, I've stopped buying a lot of physical movies unless it's like uh, a movie that I really like um, and it's on sale and I want to have a high quality version of it. So I bought uh, Top Gun Maverick on Ooh. 4K. Uh, it was like $14. Totally worth it. That movie is so good. Dolby Atmos, uh, Dolby Vision. Like it just is such a good movie to have. And it was like, okay, you know what? Like I will watch this movie multiple times um and you know as most people can't tell the difference between uh like a 4k stream from disney plus versus uh a 4k blu-ray desk or whatnot it's not the plain math it's the pilot uh (laughs) but most people can't tell the difference but there is uh i mean like physical media when it comes to movies is always going to be higher quality than anything that you can stream um it's just hands down like you're you're streaming at uh say you know 12 megabits per second versus a 4k disc where it's like 50 megabits per second kind of thing right so like the 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 amount of data is just way more on a physical media and it's nice having those collections especially for like collector's editions and stuff like that but i have boxes in my basement of hd dvds <laughs> dead like a dead format i have my hd dvd player actually one of my coworkers, i found out that their dvd player is an hd dvd player so i'm trying to convince them like if i will i i, I told them i will buy you a blu-ray player and trade you <laughs> just so that i have an extra hd dvd player just because i have those movies i would hate to to lose them but i mean i can get them digital or i can rip them and put them on my home server right so it's yeah. not like i'm gonna be missing out but really when was the last time i watched any of those movies we we talked about that the other day like Years. aside from christmas movies we don't like we have some stuff on blu-ray that we watch because we choose to watch it on there and that's it but yeah like i have a i have blu-ray collections i but i have a, a fairly small blu-ray collection i have maybe 50 60 movies and stuff like that um but a lot of them are like trilogies and series right like i have all the star wars movies on blu-ray i even bought rise of skywalker your favorite movie i have seen that movie once and it was in theaters on opening day when we went to the the marathon your favorite movie i have never watched that movie since right but i own it on on blu-ray because when the disney store was shutting down in canada they had it for like nine (laughs) dollars so i'm like okay and i remember when i bought it she shall not be the name was like are you really gonna like to buy it i'm like i'm just buying it so that i have it i i have the entire collection in there just have it once yeah am i gonna have am i gonna buy the mandalorian uh when they release on uh on blu-ray most likely when the series is done if it's one sure I know that they 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 have uh, a set for one and two. I think it is, or maybe, um, like an individual one or whatnot. But anyways, like so, like there there is definitely still a market for that. But like Sean, you're you had a collection of like what like two hundred movies, three eighty, we think something like that. And when you're living in an apartment, like even like in in our old apartment, even in our house, like. You know that stuff takes up a lot of space. Yeah. Um. 
so yeah, definitely being able to cut it down uh, is is good because especially when you move, you know, you're you don't have to worry about boxes and boxes of stuff. Like I have, everyone knows I have a huge, a huge uh, board game collection, and when we moved majority i would say at least like uh, a quarter of the boxes that we had of stuff was board games so it's like yeah this stuff takes up any physical media that you have whether it be video games movies like dvds blu-rays books board games cooking utensils i don't know like all of that stuff takes up space but if you're not really going to be using it like Yes, it's it's cool to look at, but at the same time, it's like, I, I mean, it's always difficult to get rid of things, right? But 100%. I think you found like a, I think you found like a good common ground where you're still keeping the stuff, like you're not getting rid of it, you're just shrinking it down to a more manageable uh, package, just, right? Yeah, I just couldn't believe the overall weight. Now, before we go, I want to talk about something, David. I'm I'm looking at the GameStop Black Friday sale. Up to 75% off. now. So that means that there's going to be one thing that's 75% off, right? I have the physical flyer, and I just want to talk about some highlights, okay? Like okay. the Xbox Series X Diablo 4 bundle. Regular price, $659. Now, $599. Or the more hilarious PS5 Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 bundle for $649.99. Every time an Xbox or a PlayStation 5 is bought, it's being sold with Xbox advertising. I love to. I love it. Um, gear or God of War Ragnarok down to forty nine ninety nine, which is what we figured. Actually, I'm actually surprised. Thought it would be a little bit lower. Lower. Uh, the Last of Us Part One forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, I'm still surprised that that one's still fifty bucks because oh, it's regular I mean, price eighty nine ninety nine. It's a remake of a. It's a. <laughs> it's a remake. It's of a, a remake. remake. It's a remake of a remaster. <laughs> Right, like if you can buy The Last of Us Part Two, what was it last year for Boxing Day? It was like fourteen dollars or like ten bucks. Yeah, uh, no, you and I bought it for twelve. Yeah, something like that. So, like this should be, you know, at least uh, at, at most like thirty dollars. Well, hold on to your butt, sports fans. NBA Two K Twenty Four, FC Twenty Four, Madden Twenty Four, and NHL Twenty Four are all forty four ninety nine. Wow, that like, happened quick. Nothing. Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, it, all the typical Nintendo stuff. Not much of a sale. Halo um, Infinite, twenty bucks down from eighty. Good for you. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Uh, Mortal Kombat One, sixty nine ninety nine. Cool. Cool. I, I thought, isn't that the greatest fighting game ever made, though? It's the first one of its kind, actually. Yeah. Um, if you're into Spider-Man or Spiderman, Spider-Man Miles Morales, $29.99. You could also get the Game of the Year version of Spider-Man for $29.99, but the one that doesn't come with Miles Morales. The Collector's Edition is $49.99. That gives you both the Ultimate Edition. Um, Spider-Man 2, regular price. It goes on and on. Gran Turismo, mm-hmm. 50% off. Oh, here's the Nintendo section. Super Mario Wonder, $79.99. I think that's regular price. Zelda, $89.99. There's no yeah. discounts. It literally There's no just, discount. It lists Mario Wonder, Zelda, and Pikmin. That's it. Yeah, all regular price. Now, like, like this is pretty common, though. I mean, 
at least we know that Black Friday is just going to be it's just a an what is it like an advertisement for what the sales are going to be for Boxing Day in Canada, right? Uh, I mean, Starfield's down to seventy bucks. Okay, cool. Um, you can still buy Minecraft for forty dollars. Okay, uh, that's a regular price. But then we got like it's it's these like other games like these third party ones that like people aren't really noticing that are are going to be a little bit more on 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 sale. Roller Coaster Tycoon Adventures, you know, for uh Switch and PS5, 40 bucks. Um this one actually I had my mind or, or my eye on Crime Boss Rock Rocky City. It's a first person shooter. It it didn't necessarily like, get the best reviews. But it looks kind of interesting. It's regular, like fifty five dollars, just down to thirty bucks. I mean, I w- I would try it for thirty bucks. Like, why not? Um, but yeah, it's pretty typical, lackluster s- sale stuff. I mean, you can buy Mandalorian desktop light. It's a little light for thirty bucks. Uh, it's disappointing this year. Like, and like I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that like I I've, I've looked at Black Friday a few times being like okay the economy's not strong enough a lot of people aren't gonna like blow the doors off because they just might want to save some of that money but companies are also like we're not giving you discounts on stuff you want so go bang it out your ass I know right like with with the cost of everything especially like a lot of uh, you know people like people who rent you know they're they're fairly safe, right? Because in the sense of like, they're, they don't have to worry about uh, like their, their rent doesn't change month to month based off of insurance or not insurance, um, interest, interest rates and stuff yeah. like that. Right. But there's a lot of people that have like mortgages that's like, they're coming up on renewals in the next like little bit. So it's like, okay, am I going to blow a bunch of money on video games and, you know, a new TV or all like these toys when I know that like my mortgage payments are going to go up. Or, you know, for the unlucky ones who are on variable uh, interest mortgages, you know, it's like people don't have the extra spending cash. And I don't think that Black Friday or um, and and mind you, we we're not necessarily looking at uh, American prices and stuff like that. Right. Like sales. So a lot of times, like there's there's good sales and stuff like that in the States that we don't get here. But with the exchange rate, it's nothing any special for us because we're paying an extra 35 cents on every dollar right but um you know it's black friday and boxing day in canada has been more and more disappointing boxing day is always the overstock though so that one's not bad i remember being able to go and like for boxing day going to like best buy and future shop when i was still around and come out with you know nine blu-rays six video games from each store bunch of you know uh really cheap usb drives hard drives cameras stuff like that right like and it's just harder and harder to find those like things that just like oh my god this is such a good price i can't say no to it i mean yeah those were the days hmv was always a banger their movies and stuff was incredible before we go, I need to tell you guys about trivia next week at TWB. It's going to be amazing. I'm I'm just guessing. November 29th, or Wednesday, November 29th, TWB Brewery, we are doing Rock the Brewery. Now, um, 
it's all based on rock, punk, emo music. That's it. I have built four rounds already. We have a Don't Forget the Lyrics, traditionally. We have a Name the Artist and Singer and Year. Um, and they span all the way from the 70s to early two th- uh, 2000s, I believe. I don't think we have anything too, too current. We have a reverse round, because why not? And I have a one-second clip round, which will be a lot of fun. The cool thing is I didn't do sections. I didn't do like a rock round, a punk round, an emo round. Everything's all mixed into one. So it's going to be a very good mixed bag of all the music. And it's been very, very tempting to put the same artists in every single round. And I'm just not going to. So let your free bird fly and have a lot of fun at this trivia. It's going to be an absolute freaking blast. I'm so excited. I mean, you... you... You just you could have said it was going to be a banger. No. Because it's all music. It is and, going to be a banger. And, and it'll be a bunch of bangers. You know what, David? I've had enough <laughs> of you and your shenanigans. All right. I have one more clip for you. Just one. I'm going to play it right, right now. Okay. Sean and David, you handsome bastards. Congratulations on 200 episodes. Uh, if you don't know who this is, I'm upset. Um, I'm very proud of both of you. You're both so talented, so smart, and as I've already mentioned, so handsome. Um, you guys got a great thing going here. I'm so happy for both of you. Uh, thank you for allowing me to, to be a part of it. And uh, I, I love you both. Have fun and to another, to another 200, all right? <laughs> love you both. Bye. <laughs> he, didn't tell us, he didn't tell us like what episode or what TV series that we're going to have more episodes of. It's okay. He does <laughs> That's great. what he does. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, feeling the love. Definitely feeling the love. Wow. With that with that nice big hug of love for myself. Wow, wow, is very nice. And David. That Hansel's so hot right now. Thank you for sticking around for our 200th episode and we can't wait to to give you guys more. <laughs>